Welcome to the Modern Gen X Woman podcast, where we're talking about the X factor modern women bring to work and life. I'm Jackie Gadeen. And I'm Amy Bishop. We're decoding the DNA of success, and we're doing it with flair, attitude, and a sprinkle of badassery. Get ready for candid conversations, untold stories, and a dose of unfiltered inspiration. Because in this space, the X factor isn't just a variable. It's a force that reshapes the narrative. Let's reimagine what it means to be a modern woman, a modern professional, and a modern leader. Critical thinking separates the greats from the goods. It's a significant differentiator in business success, whether you're an individual or you're a company, problem solving in the box is not going to challenge the status quo and amplify innovation. Some people are critical thinkers by nature, while others need to work on building this skill. How do you solve a problem when the solution isn't the answer? Let's dig into critical thinking and why it's a must-hone skill for today. Jackie. This is so fun for me because this is how I kind of approach everything. Oh my God. So she's an amazing critical thinker. So you could say something like, you could say the sky is blue and she's like, yeah, but on some days it looks like it's purple and this is why and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's not a knowledge thing. thing I'm, I'm not that smart. Exaggerating. But no, it's, it's, it's exaggerating. But like, I'll, I'll say something that is like, I don't know that it's just like everyone's talking about like why blah, blah, blah. And then Jackie's like, yeah, but what about like, she'll come out with this perspective that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. And it kind of makes sense, you know? So I, yeah, you're really good at critical thinking. Uh, I know what I think it is. I've, I've thought about this a lot because I really am, you know, compared to you, I'm definitely the idea person, right? Mm. But I work for, my old boss, Allison, who truly was an idea person. And she would take these big ideas and I would pull them. More the than you? Even, I can't oh, my gosh. oh my gosh. So much more than me. And I would take those little pieces and be like, and this, and this, and this. And so I think, I think what makes me good at this is that I'm kind of in between both of you, right? Where I am the idea person, but I'm also the idea person and I can figure out like, what pieces make sense? How do I maneuver them? All of that stuff. So I think that's what makes it work for me because I don't see things exactly as they are. Right. And I am also, I like, I like figuring, I like figuring things out. So let's talk yeah. about critical thinking and why it is critical. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to, I want to share something. So I remember my best friend, she's got two girls who are like young ladies now. and. When they were younger, it was very important for her to help them understand or help start to build their critical thinking skills. And I was fascinated by that. I'm like, that is so brilliant, like to make sure that you're teaching your young girls how to start to start thinking critically and not just taking, you know, a yes for an, you know, whatever, like as word and all of that kind of stuff. Just asking questions and not asking, asking questions yeah. why, but asking questions for understanding, Correct. asking questions for clarification, asking right. questions from curiosity. Right, right. Uh, it all kind of sparks that. Can you talk a little bit about your process? Like, do things just come into your head that you're thinking about it? Like that this this different point of view? Like, you know, that's a good. I, it's a good question. I'm not so sure I have a specific process as much as it's. Um, if this is what I'm trying to do, or this is what we're trying to achieve, 
there's an obvious straight path to get there, but I feel like everyone's done the straight path. Like, I don't want to do things like everyone else has done. So I'm always thinking, what would... What would get people to say, oh, that's interesting? I kind of equate it this way. And this is good. I'm going to make you laugh. But when I was working in the city, I was a, I was a shoe girl. I just, I love shoes. But I would only buy shoes that I thought people would stop and say, oh, my goodness, I love your shoes. And not because I wanted compliments, but because I wanted to, I, I wanted there to be this, this aha, right? This this different way of wearing something on my feet. Because I could wear regular black shoes, or I could like I bought I bought um pumps recently, seeing being that we're doing so many meetings, and the heel is like this curved That's hourglass cute. heel. And it's just a heel, but I, I knew that if I had a different heel, it would make me be like, I'm doing something different. Now, is that critical thinking? No, but what it is making me think about is there's always the easier path, the straight path, but that's not always the interesting path. So I always think about what's going to be interesting. And it's it's quite frankly how we landed on getting Carol Montgomery to come and speak at our conference because I wanted to I wanted to do a panel of women in male-dominated industries, you know, and so so having a comedian, a female comedian that's 65, I thought was clever. So I always try to think like what would get people to sit up and take notice. And so that's a big thing. Yeah. That's one of my big that's one of my big secrets. Mimi, why don't you share what what critical thinking is for all of the women who are listening and be like, well what do you define as critical thinking? Why don't you share because I know you did some research on this from a from a technical practical level. Yeah. So it's thinking about things that like through a disciplined process of analyzing, right? So you're definitely not taking something for face value. You're looking deeper and you're looking at it differently from different perspectives and and evaluating the information too. So you may be getting different. So one thing that Jackie said is like she will put it her in, in, things through a filter that's like, well, what would make people really like what would make the idea pop, right? Or one thing that I think about sometimes is now that I'm starting to really hone my own critical thinkings, it, thinking is, well, I see it this way, but what if I looked at it from 180 degrees, something completely different, right? What does that look like then? Then what would I think about it or what challenges would come up, right? So it's really being purposeful in not just taking the idea for what it is and the way it lands in your brain, but to take it and kind of like put it through some filters, look at it differently, massage it a little bit, and then come up with a final analysis. And which it doesn't have to be a final analysis, but right. But like just putting it, putting the information through some different filters and looking at it that way. So you, you know, sometimes you're questioning and analyzing, right. Or you're asking yourself different questions to really get to the under under the layers of of the original concept, would you agree with that? I I would. I think that there's there's always the the answer that's right in front of you, and then there's the answer that is different, and that is 
challenging the status quo, and that is pushing the boundaries. And that's where we want to get to. And, you know, we talk about this all the time is where innovation comes from, right? Most innovation is not about creating a brand new product. Most innovation is taking a product that already exists and tweaking it ever so slightly to fill a gap. And I think that's part of that is, is how do you think about it? And, and what is, how do we build something so that you are, you know, maybe it's taking, you know, a hypothesis, right? Like, this is what I think is going to happen, but let me test it, right? So some of it is in that critical thinking process, testing and learning and pivoting, yes. right? It's not just your own ideas and collecting data, but like, how are you testing them against what you want, right? Because you can collect evidence from everybody and everything else. Look, I, I can collect evidence on everybody else's frameworks that are out there for coaching, but we have to, we create our own frameworks and then we have to test them. So we're like, okay, you know, I think about, when I think about how we critically think together, I think about what is, what is the um, concept we're trying to get across what is the science that will help us do that? And then how do we create a framework or tool or strategy that people can easily run through so that they can come up with their own critical thinking solution, right? So one of the things we have is, is our very famous fiction flower, which was, which we, uh, showcased on today with Hoda and Jenna. It looks much prettier today. Um, but. <laughs> We had some set going on national TV with that, like that, but. Well, that, that because they didn't want anything too designed, but anyway, so, right. but, but the point is. We have I illustrated using my palms. Yeah, that I, exactly. I, you did, you did. Um, but, but it was this concept, right? This concept of how do we help people shift their perspective? And so we came up with this concept and then we tested it and then we tweaked it and then we tested it and then we tweaked it. And now we use it in every single paid workshop that we do. And it is the one thing that, not the one thing, but it is one of the major tools that separate us. And that came from critical thinking, right? It came from what is what do we need to get to? What are we trying to solve for? How do we get people to understand that, that um, to be more open, right? Because everything we do is about open well, and communication. That Exactly. But also being open in the way we think about things, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what good critical thinkers are open to not believing their own stuff. Right. Yes. So you think a certain way, you know, like this is the way it is it, to, to be a critical thinker. You really need to challenge what you believe to be true. I mean, that's really the, the bottom of it. Right. Like right. if you really or that's a pillar of it. I'm not going to say the bottom of it. It's a pillar of it. You have to question what you have really believed is true. You know, like when people said like the earth is flat and people and that was the truth, you know, like people had to. Some people really questioned. I don't think it is. You know, we all say it's true, but I don't think it is. And this is why. That was a real critical thinker. Who was it? That said it was found? Yeah. And, you know, and we talked about this, right? So you come up with this hypothesis. You question all, you ask all of these questions. You come up with um, evidence to, to support you. And then I think one of the other biggest pieces of this is communicate it with someone who you believe will have a differing opinion. Right. So it's almost yeah. like a debate. Put yourself and not in the debate to win stage, but a debate to hear what comes up for somebody else, because it will give you insight on 
your own ideas, right? And critical thinking. There's something that you taught me, actually. I don't think I've ever mentioned this before. I used to be the person who would be like either frustrated or defensive when someone had a different point of view from me. I'd be like, this is a waste of time. You're wasting my time. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like, let's just, you know, do that what seems we- so much more like me. Oh, and not because I didn't, because I would disregard people's thoughts, but because I wanted to move on because I have no patience, but go ahead. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, like we got to get this done because sometimes I would, I'm not efficient like Jackie. It's not a core value for me. As a matter of fact, sometimes the faster she goes, the more I'm like, oh, I'm going to slow down. Not on purpose, but it's like, that's Jackie and I are like wildly different in that perspective. And like, it's good. And that's where I think we have the biggest challenge also. Yeah. Because we're, we're different. But that's like a side note. We should do a podcast episode on that. Be interesting. We should on being the uh, microwave and the slow cooker. Oh, right. So we had a coach once that called us the, the, the microwave and the slow cooker, right? Because I got it like there. But anyway, let's do an, an episode on that. <laughs> okay. But um, my point was I would get frustrated sometimes when we would be in a group and I'd be like, let's just get this done. And then someone was like, well, what about if we, and I was just like, I just wanted to get off the to-do list because as a project manager, you know, I'm on deadlines. So I'm thinking that way. So I would find that frustrating. But what I have come to recognize is that someone else's point of view doesn't mean that they are saying that sometimes there could be great value in it, right? To the point where like, maybe we're not wasting time because I think you froze, you froze too. See, this is the problem with doing st- doing these on uh, Riverside is yeah. that we, we're usually together, but we're freezing a okay. little bit. So, so, you know, there's this point that, that, that would, I would get frustrated with this, like, well, let's just get it done. Sometimes there really would be magic and I would be overseeing, you know, it'd be an oversight on my part not to look at someone else's point of view. We were talking about collective intelligence last week. This is a great example of it. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is I would personally get insulted. Like, well, why can't you just listen to what I'm saying and just believe me? And so now I have learned like, no, this is not a knock on your ego or a knock on the way you show up or think. It's just a different point of view. And I think if this world needs anything more than, you know, this country, we need to be able to be open to listen to someone else's point of view. We do, you know, like... I may not agree with you, but we cannot can't keep going like this. I mean, that's another thing, another episode. <laughs> Come on, we I'm can't. I'm not touching with a ten foot pole because right. it's just, it's so frustrating to me that I just if I get on if I get on the soapbox, I'm going to not get off of it. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the real opportunity for us as humans and in, in this country really is just to stop and listen. We don't have to be right. Just share. People just want to be seen and heard. So yeah. listen to someone's point of view. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think I agree with that, but thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Yeah. It costs nothing to listen. It really doesn't. You don't have to, you don't have to debate it. This is the crit. It's not a personal slight against you. Right. Right. So something to keep in mind, but let's talk a little bit about how, what things we have to be mindful when we do try to put on. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I can. You know, one of the things that we really need to be aware of is every single one of us that, you know, in this world, all of you ladies who are listening, who I know you 
Probably 75% of you do lots of self-awareness, mindful practices, but a confirmation bias exists. It just does. I am a very, I would say a very liberal, open woman. I grew up here in New York, where truly the melting pot, um, and with diverse people, diverse religions, diverse uh, backgrounds, and I still find myself but I still find a bias coming to my head. And then I, then I, but I, the difference is I recognize it now and I can say, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Why am I saying that? Where does that come from? What's the evidence that against that? Like I really work on it, but that, that bias is really powerful and it can change that perspective for us. So when we're trying to be critical thinkers, here's a great example. I worked on a team where my boss, someone someone on the team, my boss just didn't care for the person, just did not care for the person. And no matter what came out of this person's mouth, it was invalidated because she would be annoyed by her. And that's confirmation bias, right? Because a lot of times her the points were really valid, but my boss was like just poo-pooed it and ran right over it, right? That's confirmation bias. So if you are, if you have beliefs about someone, if it's a person, if it's a race, if it's a religion, if it's an attitude, whatever that looks like. Generation. What was that? Generation. Generation, right? That's exactly, it's a great example. Those are the things you need to be careful of. Yeah. Then the other one is like overconfidence, right? And so I'm all about confidence. I think it's a great thing. But don't let your confidence edge into arrogance where you think, no, I, I know it all. I don't need to know this. I find myself doing, again, you know, my Jackieisms are coming out in this episode, right? Because I'll find myself sometimes like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then I'm like, no, you really don't know. Like, some, <laughs> like I find myself like someone's sharing something with me and in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know this, I know this. But I, I really I don't. Do I do that too. But I, I do that too. And I think I do that for that same reason why you do, which is like, let's move to the next thing. I know enough of this. I don't do it a lot, but sometimes I do do that. I get that. Yeah. But then I'm like, uh, but I'm shocked then at like, if I, I'm like, wait a second, let's just slow down and listen. I will always get something from it. So that's an interesting thing, right? Like, you know, I think when you bring curiosity, like curiosity is key for critical thinking, curiosity, being open, like, oh, like. I never thought of it that way. When you bring curiosity into the equation, it changes the dynamic, it changes the energy really from where you're asking the question from, right? Like, and Jackie and I even talk about this when we train in corporate, we do what we call relational intelligence. And this is the way you actually relate and communicate with one another, right? So when you use the word, We're frozen why, again. that will trigger people, Okay. But if you say something like, well, I'm curious, like where did, you know, where did that come? What was your thought process there? Completely different energy, right? And so being curious really changes the dynamic here and lets us look at things from a different perspective and lets us address things from a different energy level. I know that can sound woo woo, but just think about it like and employ it a little bit. It's, it's pretty fascinating. The, you know, the other thing we have to be very mindful of is just our emotions, right? When our emotions in a situation kick in, no matter what the emotion is, it clouds our judgment. <clears throat> Every emotion clouds our judgment because we'll think something and then an emotion will come. And so we need to be really careful of that because if the emotion that comes up is annoyed, 
or dismissive or angry or happy, right? Because someone's supporting what you're saying. We're not listening. So we really need to be mindful of that. We need to distinguish between those emotional reactions that we have and what that logical reasoning is. So we need to always be logical. Now, just I'm not uh, poo-pooing our instincts, right? Because I think, and I truly believe instincts are, are the most powerful thing that we have. And that's the one thing, I don't know where it comes from, but it is, my my instincts are beyond mortal men, (laughs) as my mother would say it. I think that's good instincts. I have good instincts and I know things. So I didn't tell you this. So let me tell you how powerful I was. This is such a small thing. On Sunday, I went to the Italian market with uh, Scott and I ran to the Italian market. We had to go to my, run to my mom's. We went to the Italian market and we're online in the Italian market. And we ended up, I ended up not having bags. And I was like, I can't believe I don't have bags with me. So I get online and the bags are four for a dollar. So I was like, let's just get the four. I don't want to carry it. So we go and there are three bags. I, so we use three bags because that's all I needed. And it was a fourth bag. So I said, I'm going to take this bag. Scott said, yeah, we can always use it. I said, no, someone behind us is going to come. They're not going to have a bag. And I'm going to give it to the person behind us. He was like, you're so ridiculous. He's like, you're ridiculous. What are you talking about? And the woman comes up behind me. Swear to God. What was that? I said, how long has he been married to you? And he doesn't know this. I don't know. I'm like, Even oh. you know that. So this woman comes up behind me and she's ca- literally carrying like a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, don't, don't you have a bag? And he looks at me with this like smirk. And she's like, I can't believe I forgot my bag. So I was like, oh, I said, perfect. Cause here's one for you. And Scott was like, son of a, and I was like, don't, don't cross me. I know everything. So while emotions have to be in check, as this a woman, is bad for her daughter. This is bad news for her oh, daughter. She, she tried with her, with her whole heart and soul to get away with stuff. And she does because I never got away with anything either. And I was a good kid. But even when I did something, my mother knew because my mom had great yeah. instincts. Well, I love when you, you, she shared, we had our mother's, uh, let's link it. Uh, we'll make sure we link this in the um show notes on mother's day jackie listened to her instincts and we had our mothers on and we interviewed them which is it was it's kind of because the two of them are like but jackie's mother shared this story about where she knew like jackie lied to her mother and jackie's mother went to that house and she was knocked under she was i know you're in there i know you're in there (laughs) your mother is a great lady but yeah you know i have the problem with not i struggle with my instincts because sometimes I let my emotion override my thinking emotion. And I am still um, in full transparency, learning to figure that out because people say, trust your gut, listen to your heart. And I always find like my heart has led me in the wrong place. Um, it's not your heart. It's your instinct. My, tell me again. Tell me more. Gut. It's like, it's not your heart. Cause your heart, you're right. Your heart is an emotion. The instinct is. Yeah. It's my gut. Moment- and I'm learning. Yeah, the go moment ahead. that you know before you logically talk yourself out of it. Yeah, that's, that's it. And you're very analytical, right? So everything you do is analytical, and and if you tapped more into that creative side of your brain, your instinct would come out more because you wouldn't be so into thought and analyzing and more yeah. into. I'm just gonna go. What's the worst that could happen if I'm wrong? And I, you know, and there was nobody behind me that needed a bag. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Right? If I'm wrong, yeah. my instinct is 
let's spend more time on Long Island because I think that's where the business is going to come from. And we spend more on, t- on Long Island, but the business doesn't come from there. It comes from somewhere. Who cares? What did we lose? Right. We met a great community here. Right? right. So I think that's part of it too. Like listen to your instinct and instead of using the analytical brain to talk you out of it, use right. your analytical brain to support it. That's yeah. I'm starting to learn the difference because I feel it like strongly in my heart, but I, that's, a, that's the thinking emotion. You're right. I know when I feel it in my gut is a different sensation. And a lot of times we'll ask people like, well, where do you feel it in your body? Because that could be a big clue. And that has been something to Jackie's point, because I am so analytical. I will have a, and, and linear, I will have a hard time letting that thought process kind of like run, you know, be able to tap into the instinct so I'm, I'm actively working through it. And on a total side note, but it's kind of related, I started to become more aware of this when a few years ago, I learned a little bit more about human design. I don't follow it that much, but what I did learn is I have a what's called a sacral. Like, so human design is, I'm not even going to go into it because I that could be like 10 episodes, but look it up. Um, but the idea is the way you are programmed, you your instincts in your um confirmation of what's right and what's wrong is different for everybody and mine is i think sacral so i'll feel it in my gut and when it was brought up to me in that way i was like oh i know what you're talking about now like i know that feeling so it's i'm starting to tune into it more i'm curious anyone listening are you following along with what i'm sharing here and have you struggled with this too where it's like you know, people say, listen to your heart. And it's always led me down a dark alley. Like, I'm just curious um, just to hear your perspective, if you're kind of in the same boat that I am with this. Well, you know, I think when I hear that too, Mimi, because, you know, we talk a lot about you being a linear thinker. I think the balance between you being so linear and analytical and my, you know, ideas and critical thinking around ideas, it really does balance each other out because- yeah. Right. So because we we do debate everything and I don't mean debate it. Right. But we discuss every single thing we want to do in our business Mm -hmm. because we value each other's opinion. We value the different perspective and we want to make sure that we're looking at everything from all these different angles. So a lot of times she'll see things that I don't see or I'll see things that she doesn't see. And I'll be like, how did I not see that? And I was like, oh, because I wasn't being as analytical as I should be. And where you'll be like, how did I not see that? And you'll be like, oh, because I was being so linear that I didn't realize that this was sitting right, you know, this was sitting five steps to the right and I couldn't see it, right? So it really does help if you have someone in your orbit. It doesn't, you know, even if it's not a business partner, but look, look at your team at work. Team, right? You know, who plays different roles on your team? So when you're having, when you are in a place where you need to do some critical thinking, be strategic about who you fold into that conversation with you, right? If you're the linear person, find someone who's the big idea person. If you're the, if you're the, yes, anything can be done, find the person who always is like, here are the obstacles. And not because you want them to take you down, but you want to be able to see the whole picture. So really start identifying the role that everybody on the team or in the organization, depending on how you work, what roles they play, and even make a chart, 
Like, how, what is a fun way to do that with your team? Like, we we don't do charts with the team, but we do talk about who do you bring in for different situations based on their strengths and based on their um, their thinking and their processing, right? And the way and the communication. So, how do you do that? If there's someone who speaks a lot, maybe you don't want them leading the the meeting because they're going to over talk. If it's someone who's quiet, you want them to be the one who is asking some pointed questions so that you're folding them in. So really think about all of those nuances as you're thinking about how to become your own better critical thinker thinker, and then how do you bring people into the fold so that your whole team can become critical thinkers. And even on a personal level, you know, you might be listening to this and thinking, well, why do I need to be a critical thinker? I'm not, you know, in a leadership role or in corporate, that kind of thing. But think about the diversity of thought, what, think about what diversity of thought can bring to your life, especially in mid-age, where a lot of times you feel like you're in a rut because you've been doing the same thing over and over. And it's like, why am I doing it this way? Because I've always done it this way. And so that could really be the starting point for when you're ready to start turning things around in your life to start a critical thinking process. What if I did this differently? What am I missing? Right. Or what am I missing? And when you really bring diverse people into your life, then it expands you so much more. Like I'm a quiet person and I could really be a homebody. So that's why it's important for me to surround myself with people that like to go out or are more spontaneous because I'm not right. And so if left to my own devices, I would just follow my list every single day. And so having people in my life that do that or do more challenging things has inspired me through the years to do things differently. So it's a great way to start just broadening your own horizons, especially if you're feeling rudderless or just not like stuck or not sure what you want to do. Really like thinking about your life from this critical thinking perspective and bringing different people into your life. Like, you know, I have friends that are the people that, you know, you I go to different people for different things. And that's a good thing. Like you want a, gr- a group of diverse people in, in your back pocket for life. So I want to, before we end, I want to put this into a real life example. And, and and I use this example when I was thinking about this. I came up with this because I was in sales. And so when I was in sales, there were always times, if you're in sales, I mean, first of all, everyone's in sales. I don't care what your title is, right? But everyone's in sales. But when you're in sales, uh, there are times where the business is, strong and there are times where the business you know takes a hit and there there are ways to approach it and they always think about that like if you're a sales leader or a productive or or a um, project management leader or an operations leader right it doesn't matter but i'm going to use sales there are times where things aren't going the way they should so you're you know for two consecutive months maybe the entire team has missed their quota right and nobody's hitting it across the board um a non-critical thinker is going to berate the team to say, like, what are you doing? What else can you do? Make more calls, make more calls, make more calls, right? That's a non-critical thinker. That's someone who's like, put more effort in, you'll get more effort out. And, and that's where, that's that's just someone who wants to push, right? But a critical thinker is going to really take a look at what the heck is going on, right? What do I need to do to motivate my team to succeed, what do we? What do I need to do to um, really get them back on track? Where's the, where's the disconnect? So then you go internally, right? You want to gather that internal data to help you understand 
um, what's going on? What are the trends that may ha- be happening? What is the team doing? What is there anything with your product or your service or your deliverables or the customer acquisition or the customer success? Um, is it regional, right? What look at that, and then you look at the external data, right? What's happening in the industry? What's happening with my competitors? What's happening in the in uh, in the stock market? Right. Look at, and then once you collect all of that data and and and, and al- uh, analyze it, right, you can become clearer and make some hypotheses on what's going on. Right. What could what's going on in the market? What can I do that could change the way we're going to market? What can I do to um, to to figure this out? And then use the collective intelligence of your team. So go back to the episode last week on collective intelligence. If you haven't listened to it, take a listen to it. But use that collective intelligence of your team. Bring them into the process to figure out the solution and think critically about what that looks like. One, you'll get better buy-in. Two, you'll get different perspectives. And three, there's so much power in figuring it out together. And then you figure, you lay out the choices. Okay, we can do this. Let's try this. Maybe half of you try this. Half of you try that. Come back. What are the obstacles? What are the results? How do we pivot? right? Become almost scientists in that process. And I will tell you, it is going to create so much more success for you and your team than berating people on why things aren't getting done, right? You need to be critical thinkers in this matter. And I promise you, you'll be able to, you'll be able to be a better leader and your team will be much better leaders regardless of their title. The one thing I want to add also is if you struggle with this, like I do, like, don't think that, like, don't discount yourself and be like, I'm just not a critical thinker. I do believe, I do believe some people, and we said this at the very beginning, are natural at it, right? But this is also a skill. And I know firsthand, it's a skill that I'm building, right? Like, how do you look at things differently? So I don't want you to discount and be like, oh, this is just not me. That's not, I'm not, I don't play that role, right? Like, I want you to challenge yourself to be a critical thinker and Start small. You don't have to start, you know, with the being a critical thinker on like the newest project that comes your way. It could be something in your life that's small or something in the news. You know, this is a great example. You could take the newspaper or take something that you watch on TV, the news, one segment, and then say, if I were thinking about this critically, what kinds of things, how would I look at this? Right? You're not talking about, like, there is no harm in even there's no risk in even starting to build the skill in that way because you're just doing it for fun just do it for fun yeah it's great it's a great point yeah so okay anyway anyway my friends all right ladies all right am i right ladies Ladies. (laughs) so we haven't watched him in a long time we haven't i've not been on tiktok well i don't really go on tiktok anyway but i have not been on any there used to be this guy on tiktok what was his name right Freddie, some kind of Freddie, and he does these costumes, and he does his makeup, and he does these characters, but he just, and he does it live, he cracks himself up. So I think he's live the whole time he's doing it, but he uh, he is hysterical, and the the funniest part is that he cracks himself up. Yeah. And then he always goes, there's always this line that he throws in there at one point, and he goes, am I right, ladies? Mm. (laughs) Well, Jackie and I just love this guy. And he's entertaining. He, yeah, he's really entertaining. He makes us laugh. So he does are we it. right, ladies? All right, ladies. <laughs> so my dog's name is Lindy, and I have caught myself saying, Am I right, Lindy? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a it's always those little uh those little fun little do ops that we like to stick in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, I should we do the cheers together or you think we should do it separately? I think we should do I think you can take the lead being that we are on we are on, on Zoom. We're on Riverside. Um we're recording this week if you didn't hear we're actually batched these two episodes last week's and this week's and we we are recording virtually and so the audio may have been a little off cuz I know that there were some frozen parts but um thanks for bearing with us through yeah, we this. Appreciate we appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Cheers to your magnificence. Cheers.